Hello and welcome to The Thread, a podcast about the latest tech and business trends in fashion, learning, and outsourcing. In today's episode, I'm joined by Richard R. Shapiro, who is the founder and the president of the Center for Client Retention. He's a distinguished author, and he's also a leading authority in the area of customer satisfaction and loyalty. Richard has conducted research with thousands of customers from Fortune 100 and 500 companies for over 30 years. Richard, first of all, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me, Evan. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to our conversation today. Awesome. So our topic today, as you know, is chatbots. So how about you talk about kind of what a chatbot is exactly and your experience with it and kind of your view on it. You know, are they good, bad, or just a fad dying out? What's going on with them? Sure, Evan. Uh, You know, that's a good question. I've been in business 31 years, and most of our clients are call centers. And for years, uh, the companies that were clients of ours, they always use frequently asked questions, either on their website, when they're with a website, or uh, possibly through the IVR system. And the purpose of that was to cut down on the frequent having having a human being answer questions that would be most commonly asked. So a bot kind of replaces those frequently asked questions. Everybody, I think, likes to self-serve, and that's probably their first choice. And as well, companies like to cut costs. So it is a perfect marriage. But the bot that exists now, if the company keeps it updated and it works, it's great. If the company doesn't constantly update uh, the questions and the answers that would be relevant, I think it's an issue, and that's where customers get frustrated. So they're good as long as the companies put the money into it. That makes sense, yeah. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you know, CGS recently conducted a survey of a 1,000 people, 1,000 U.S. consumers, where they asked them to weigh in the likes and dislikes around customer service interactions. Now, the two most popular things are chat and phone. Do you have any preference on what you prefer? Is chat better than phone, phone better than chat, anything like that? Well, when we talk about live chat, I think that's really the same as a phone. But when you talk about a bot, once again, that's an elementary you know, process. But one of the things that I have been impressed with about bots is when bots first came out, uh, they were kind of like stoic or they would just answer the question or say, did I help you? But now a lot of the bots automatically are programmed to say like, good morning or good afternoon or thank you or I hope you had a good day. And even though you know it's a bot, uh, you feel good about it. Just sometimes puts a smile on your face, even though it's a robotic message. Yeah, so the more, you know, more relatable, more more, acting more like personalized, you. conversational uh, bots, I think are, you know, good. I think it makes sense. Absolutely. So in the survey, um, we found this year, twenty nine percent of people said they would choose chat over a phone. But what was very interesting, at least to me and a lot of other people, was that the year before, twenty eighteen, fifth around fifty percent. They would said they would choose chat over phone, so it's going down. Less people are choosing the chat, and it's surprising since as technology increases, you expect more people to choose the chat. What, do you have any ideas why that could be? Sure. Well, I'm an analytical person, so what that tells me is that people do like uh, uh, chatbots, but probably over the last year, maybe the companies that they're using haven't really updated the messaging or updated the responses. So I know there's one company that I uh, have a relationship with that's a voice recognition system, and they claim that 99% of all the conversations are accurate. And then I said to them, well, how can that possibly be? Because Alexa's uh, artificial intelligence and half the time she doesn't know what city I'm asking for or what song I'm playing. And they explained to me that 
the way they develop their system, which should be the same way that bots are uh, refined, is that they have a human analyst who interacts or oversees uh, the interaction between the customer and the, and the bot or the customer and the speech recognition system. So that let's say one of their clients is a hotel. So the first time somebody uh, was asked how many people are in your party and the person didn't say two, but instead of said, well, it's my wife and me, a human analyst said, well, that's two people and then responded, so you have two people in your party. So these are the types of things you need to train the bot and keep it updated. And if you do, I think that people will be will go back to using the bot and it won't be frustrating. And I think that's the cystic will probably start going back where people are comfortable in using a bot versus uh, picking right. up the phone. So companies, they got to stay updated on it. That's why the companies are getting a little right. bit lazy. Right? I mean, yeah. it, it is also possible. A lot of people are on their mobile devices. And I think when you're on your mobile device, you know, checking out a website, and if the telephone number appears, if, if the customer, if the company actually highlights that number and you can just click on it, and if you think you're going to get a rep right away, that might be another you know, reason you know, as well. You know, where the visibility of the telephone number and if their expectations are that they might quickly get a person yeah, on the phone. Yeah, fast, instant gratification, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so I want to ask you a question, a very interesting question. We asked the people, the thousand people, if you had to pick one word to describe artificial intelligence when it comes to customer service, would you? what word would you choose? Frustrating or frustrated. Listen, my wife is constantly yelling at Alexa. Uh, you know, we do have a place in Florida and we feel very fortunate as well as in New York. And, you know, we could be asking what the weather is and then all of a sudden, you know, would give us, let's say, Fort Lauderdale weather. Well, we didn't ask Fort Lauderdale. So here's where a case artificial intelligence is kind of using our history, but their assumptions are, are incorrect. So, yeah, so you're, ba you're not far off from what most of the people said. The most popular choice was maddening, 13%, and every single other choice was pretty much negative, with one kind of neutral one being futuristic. No, so. I'm sure my wife would say <laughs> maddening. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so what do you think could be done you know, to, to fix that, to make people more positive towards it? I know you just mentioned earlier about the the better statistic with the 99% of uh, accuracy. Do you think if it gets to that point, more people will be? Well, looking at the forest and the trees, uh, there's so many choices out there for consumers. So overall, uh, when customers get frustrated, you're really telling them you don't want to help them. I mean, and these days with so many options and customers not being as loyal as they used to be, if, if you have a service where you have a lot of competitors or you have a product where you have a lot of competitors and your customers get frustrated, they're going to start to look for your competitors. So I, I think what you have to really make that the end game. Do I want to keep my customers? Do I want to keep them happy? Do I want to get good reviews? Do I want to get good testimonials? And to me, any phone call or interaction is really an opportunity with that company to build a, a relationship, a stronger relationship. So. I would make sure whatever the process is that it's well-defined, but in all cases, make it easy for that consumer or that customer to get to a, a live agent if that's the only way the problem can be solved. That makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense to me. So another stat that was interesting to me in the survey was 71% of people would 
be less likely to choose a brand if they knew that they didn't have any human agents available. I know a lot of friends who just don't buy stuff when they know there's no one to talk to, you know, no actual person to talk to. Why do you think that is? I think it's, you know, what I kind of referred to before that if somebody thinks, I think everybody has a pretty good feel for whether something can be uh, fixed, you know, by artificial intelligence or human being. But if they, a lot of times you don't know, but if you do know a company doesn't have any kind of staff or you hear from your friends that they don't have, they don't allow you to talk to a, a person, I, I think that in a lot of cases can help you make the decision to perhaps go to a competitor. But I, I know I had a case, uh, you know, with a credit card company where by accident I put, uh, you know, paid the, the wrong credit card. I had two credit cards with this company. I knew analytically that there was no way that I could transfer one money, the amount of money that I had a credit on to the other, to the other charge. And I had to call. Yet when I called the company, I had a recording saying all of our agents are busy, the, the lines are long, you know, please self-serve. And I knew what was probably going to happen. And I pressed zero and immediately I got to a rep. Yeah. So in complicated situations, you know, you always kind of, there's always, at least what you were saying with a credit card, something like that, you always need to talk to an actual person. The AI hasn't gotten that good yet to be able to do that completely on your own. Um, what I want to add, do you have any ideas for when, you know, when we'll get to the point where AI could do like all this stuff, the 99% you're talking to? Is there a matter of years? I think it's probably a matter of years because, uh, one of the companies that has had a terrible track record for AI is uh, a Boeing 737 MAX. I mean, basically Boeing, through artificial intelligence, decided that that should override you know, the human uh, interaction and human thought. So I, I think we're far away you know, from AI taking over, which I think is a good thing. I think that uh, the human brain still can be you know, empathetic and sympathetic as well as be knowledgeable about how to answer the questions. That's interesting. That's good to hear. I don't want AI to take over everything. Um, so what I want to ask you now is about um, the human bot hybrid solutions where you start, the customer starts with the bot, then they get to a chat person. If the bot can't fix their problem, then if the chat person over the chat can't fix their problem, then they go to an actual person on the phone. Do you think this is the best solution? I think it's a, a good solution, but I think everything has to work. I did a mystery shopper for a department store where I looked up the most expensive engagement ring and it was $39,000. And uh, I said that I wanted to order six engagement rings. So all of a sudden, uh, a bot came up and said, can I help you? And I wrote, I want to buy six of these engagement rings. Can I get a discount? And then it was a human chat agent who did go to the next level and said, oh, you want to buy six engagement rings? And I said, yes. Now, they didn't say why, you know, which probably would have been inappropriate. And then the chat agent who was live said, okay, I can't help you, but call this telephone number and you'll get the fine jewelry department. And when I called that number, which I figured it was going to happen, I got just a general recording for press one for parking, press two for hours. And this sale potentially, even though it was made up, could have been it was $189,000 worth of merchandise. So too many companies, even if they refer the customer to a telephone number, that telephone number 
should go directly to whatever the department is. So bot, you know, chat agent, and then directly to a department or a person that can help you. Yeah, you got either have, automatically yeah. or giving some of the direct numbers. Yeah, when you have the phone at the end, you have to actually have a person that's right, <laughs> there. Right, yes, right. definitely. So when we look at the age demographics from the survey, we found a few things that were really surprising. Twenty-five to forty-four-year-old respondents are two and a half more times, two and a half times more likely to choose chat or messaging over the phone, which they're younger, so you wouldn't find that too surprising. But when you compare that to eighteen to twenty-four-year-olds, they prefer phone more than the people who are 25 to 44 and even more than people who are over 65. Any ideas why that, that's possible? The only thing I can think of is something I referenced earlier that I think a lot of younger people are on their phone constantly, where once again, if the telephone number is there and they think they can get a hold of a person, they're calling that number. That's the only thing, that they are at a phone more than their laptop or some other device. Okay. So, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that would be the only... I, I couldn't think of anything. But, I mean, I kind of like to use the phone over other methods, but I... Unless I, they'd rather yeah. talk to strangers and their parents. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> some reason, yeah. So, the and the our last part of the show, we always like to bring it down to earth just a little bit. So, I want to talk about customer service excellence. Yes. Um, the golden standard. Yes. So, I want to know an example of a time where you were just so impressed with customer service, the most the most impressed you've ever been and what made it that way? Sure, Evan. No, I appreciate that. So re recently, uh, I had a problem with uh, my printer where it wouldn't print black ink. And actually, I, I had the same printer uh, that I basically threw out because I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So now I brought a brand new printer and the same basic problem happened. So I went onto the site and I did find, you know, that problem listed. And all of a sudden, I did go into a bot situation. I wrote as my response, I am ready to throw this printer out the window. <laughs> and two seconds later, a live chat agent came, came on and spent about 15 minutes with me going back and forth. Didn't matter whether it was phone or chat. It's the same kind of service as far as I'm concerned. Was so friendly, so confident. But what totally impressed me is two days afterwards, he actually called me to make sure that it was still working. So I think, you know, the lesson of that is not only fix the problem, but follow up with the problem to make sure the customer is still happy. Yeah, definitely a follow up. It shows people care. Definitely 100 um, percent. Richard, I want to thank you so much for your insight. I've learned a lot about customer service for you. It's been a great pleasure interviewing you. To everyone tuning in, thank you so much for joining us. By the way, the consumer survey report that we've been talking to can be found in the YouTube video description below or by searching 2019 CGS Customer Service Chatbots and Channels Survey. That's it for episode two of The Thread. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube and your preferred podcast source. We're exclusively sponsored by CGS, an applications, learning, and outsourcing company that supports clients' most fundamental business activities. For more information, visit cgsinc.com. I'm your host, Evan Aldo. Let's stay connected.